putting themselves first. And that can be challenging and hard, but know that when you put yourself first, then you're teaching other people to put themselves first. And that's not selfish. Welcome to the Inspiring Teacher Podcast, the show that empowers educators to make a positive impact in the lives of their students and the education community. Whether you're a beginning teacher seeking guidance, a seasoned educator looking to excel further in your career, or anyone interested in the world of education, this podcast is for you. Get ready to dive into the world of inspiration with practical tips and meaningful conversations. Each episode is designed to provide you with valuable insights and actionable strategies that you can implement straight away. I'm your host, Jason Marshall, a passionate educator dedicated to supporting teachers in reaching their full potential. Join me as I bring in renowned experts, experienced educators, and thoughtful leaders to share their wisdom, experiences, and innovative approaches to education. Welcome back to another episode of the Inspiring Teacher Podcast. Today, I have an absolute legend for you. Another one, if you wish. She has got an exercise science degree and a paramedicine degree. She's a yoga, meditation, and breathwork facilitator, but now she is the chief learning officer at Workplace Performance and Wellbeing Institute, where she teaches stress management and mental health. But what I love most about this woman is her drive, her passion, and commitment for what she does every single day. So to talk everything stress and mental health, please welcome to the podcast, Miss Lauren McGee. Wow, I love that intro. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. No, so glad you could join us today. What I want to know is how did you go from exercise science to now the chief learning officer at Workplace Performance and Wellbeing Institute? How did that happen? That's a mouthful. We'll just call it WPWI from now on. I'm happy for that. (laughs) (laughs) How long do you have? That's a big question. Well, yeah, I did exercise science, just left school, went straight into doing that degree. Mm. And then from there, I did my paramedic degree. And then you know, I wanted to be a paramedic at the time, really loved the degree, met some amazing people, did all my placement hours, started applying for jobs. And then during that time, the pandemic hit when I finished uni and, you know, getting into the paramedic world and getting that full-time job does take time. And it is a lengthy process. I didn't realize how lengthy and, and mentally draining that process is. However, with the pandemic on top of that just became even more challenging and lengthy. So without going Mm. into it too much, um, it really did take a toll on my mental health and my physical health. And that started to deteriorate as I was applying for jobs and, you know, waiting by the phone, waiting for that phone call, waiting for that email to come through to say that I've got the job and then I've got the placement and I'm ready to go because it is such a lengthy process. Even if you make it through the assessment and then you make it through the interview, you're putting in a pool and you're waiting months and months and months just hoping that they'll have a station ready for you to go and work at. So Mm. it really did take a toll on my mental health. And that was the first time properly in my life that I felt really flat and that I was actually truly aware of mental health being an issue because prior to that, I never really had too many issues. And I always thought that I had perfect health mentally and physically. So then that journey was beautiful in itself because that's what led me to obviously doing what I am doing today because I became really aware that I really did need to look into my mental health and that it's extremely important as much as physical health is. And I decided to do my yoga teacher training, which is completely different to a paramedic because Mm -hmm. yoga actually helped me in my journey and really helped me regulate my nervous system and get my hormones back on track and get myself to be connected to me 
connected to other people around me to regulate my emotions. Yoga is just so powerful. I fell in love with the practice as soon as I started and knew that I wanted to help others and guide others through the journey as well. So I became a teacher and then I withdrew all of my applications as a paramedic. As much as it was really tough, it was a really tough time and I was grieving this job that I'd put on a pedestal for so long. However, I knew that I needed this change, that something was calling me. I didn't know what that something was, but I knew and felt that pull. So I had to go with it. I didn't want to resist it anymore. So then later down the track, you know, I started teaching yoga about 18 months ago, still teaching yoga now. However, my full-time job and my full-time passion is stress management and mental health. And I was very fortunate to land this amazing position with WPWI and collaborate with them and form this beautiful program that we deliver together as a team. Mm -hmm. And now I'm the chief learning officer at WPWI and we go into workplaces and deliver on stress management and mental health. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm so glad you were able to come on this podcast during October as well, because it's Mental Health Awareness Month. And that's what I want to dive deep into today. But before we get there, could you define what workplace stress is and what are some common stress causes? Workplace stress. I mean, I love delivering this sort of thing because obviously what happens in your workplace will ultimately play into effect in your home life too. And everything is so related and so linked. So even when I deliver this stuff to workplaces, we do look a little bit into their home life. And then when I deliver this to the everyday person in their home, we look at their work because everything is so interrelated. So workplace stress is defined. I guess if you want to define it is stress that and mental stress caused by things that are happening in your workplace. So it could be workload. It could be conflict with your colleagues. It could be lack of communication with leaders and managers. It could be lack of clarity in your job role and description. It could be putting too much onto your plate and you don't actually have one single job. I know from teachers I've heard a lot of the time that you guys feel like you're being pulled in so many directions and Mm, you don't just have the job of teaching the students in the classroom you actually have a job of being you know liaison officer with parents you're a counselor for your colleagues you're so many other things and that can happen in heaps of other workplaces too that they feel their energy is being pulled in many directions that creates a lot of stress financial stress as well especially if you feel like you're being underpaid and undervalued that's a huge one Mm. Have I yeah. answered my question? Yeah, no, that was awesome. It was interesting that you brought up, you know, all the different hats that teachers wear because when I was researching, you know, a little bit more about stress before you coming on today, I found that the role of a teacher in a job is in the top five most stressful jobs in Australia. That's actually above paramedic in a metropolitan area, which is super crazy. And I think you touched on it before. It's because we wear so many different hats. You know, we're a counselor, we're a liaison officer, we're a paramedic when, you know, the children fall over and hurt themselves mm. or d- different things. Yeah. My next question, if we've got all of this stress building up inside us as teachers, how can that impact our mental health and our overall well-being? Mm. Well, I think that with stress in general, a lot of the time, a lot of people don't even know that they're in this stress state because of a number of things. One is that we get used to the level of stress that we've been under for a long period of time and it becomes our new normal. Mm. Another one is that, well, so many other people around us are in this stress state. So we think that it's normal in society. Another one is that nowadays we have this stress stacking effect 
we talk about in WPWI. And it's the fact that, you know, you're driving to work and you're stuck in traffic. That creates stress. Then you get to work and now you're running late, dress stacking again. And then, you know, something happens, a kid is fighting with another kid and your stress levels go up again. And then you're having conflict with a colleague. And then you're not getting on top of your workload and the kids aren't doing as they're told. And then you're having, you know, something's happening at lunch and then the staff meeting goes over and then you're late to then pick your kids up from their after school care and so many things to stack and stack your stress that now we're in stress overload. So mm. what was the second part of the question? <laughs> I was just, how does it affect the mental health and the okay. overall well-being? Yeah. Amazing. So now we're in this overload of stress. Mm-hmm. So I think the first step is to create that awareness that you're even stressed because we can't do anything that we don't know about, right? Awareness yeah. is the first step to change. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with our clients and workplaces, we really start by getting that awareness. What is happening in their life? And getting that awareness for them to realize that they're even in this stress state, because this stress state can and will flow into their mental health because you have this flight of ideas. You can't focus on one thing. You feel like your brain is going in overdrive. And then it can go the other way. If you're in stressed state for so long, maybe you feel burnt out because you're done, because you're fatigued mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, because you've been on this go, 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 fight and flight for so long that your body and mind just can't take it anymore. So now you Mm. wake up and you don't even want to get out of bed. You're so unmotivated. You get to maybe school to teach and you just think, I don't care anymore. Why am I even doing this? And it could be a lack of inspiration, but it could be because you've just been stressed for so long. And that something needs to change for you to come back and regulate your nervous system so then you can feel good again and feel excited about life. Yeah, I love that. So with the first step of being awareness, what are some signs that teachers may see in themselves or their colleagues that things are getting a little bit crazy, their mental health is low, their Mm. stress levels are high? What are some common signs Mm. that we may see? Well, I was actually talking to a beautiful friend who's a counselor yesterday and she brought up a really good point and she's so right. I resonated with this a lot that a lot of people that are actually in a high stress state are really good at hiding it. So you might not even know that you're in stress state or your colleagues are in a stress state because they're really good at hiding it. So just being aware of that too, it actually sometimes is the people that you least expect it. So even looking at the people that seem to have it all together, and that they don't communicate when they're having a tough time or they don't communicate when they need help, that's actually probably a really good indicator that they need a little bit of support or someone just to reach out and be like, hey, how do you feel today? Are you okay? Can I help you? Because that's a sign. If they're not asking for help, we're human. We all need help at some point. But if you notice they're going through term after term and not asking for any help at all in any aspect of their teaching career, that's probably a sign that they're taking on too much and that they may be worried of being a burden or they're worried of you know putting pressure on other people. They try and do it all themselves. So that can be a sign. I mean, there's other signs, obviously behavior changes. So maybe noticing that Sally is normally really uplifting and positive and now she's just negative and she's tired and, you know, withdrawal is another one. Maybe you notice that Sally used to come to the staff room for lunch breaks and now she just stays in her classroom. Mm. Having that social withdrawal 
is another sign of stress because they're so overworked and overloaded that they can't face, you know, being around other people. And that totally makes sense too. If you need, if you're giving a lot of energy out, you need to bring energy back in. So one of them could be just to be a bit introverted. So some quiet time to yourself, 100% is so beneficial. However, if they're withdrawing all the time and isolating themselves, that could be a sign that they're on that road to burnout and a road to depression at the end of the day because they're shutting themselves out from the world. Another one could be that they're really irritated and that anything sets them off. You know, things that used to just be, you know, water off a duck's back for them is now actually triggering this massive overreactive response. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So if we start to see some of those in our colleagues, what are some ways that we can help and support them? Well, in WPWI, we teach a really beautiful mental health conversation framework. So we would recommend and I would recommend that using some sort of conversation framework and really at the end of the day, just approaching that person with love and with compassion because Mm. we're all human beings. And from one human being to the next, just giving that person your time, your undivided attention, because that doesn't happen very often anymore. Mm. You know, we're too distracted with our own lives and we're too distracted with technology, our phones, our workload, our own families, our business, whatever we're doing. So giving that undivided attention is huge and means the world to someone. And actually asking someone, how are you today? And then if they go, I'm fine and move on, stop them and go, no, I mean it. How are you actually? Being raw with yourself will allow someone else permission to be raw and honest with you as well and with themselves. So being raw and honest, compassion, giving that empathy as part of the conversation framework that we teach is being empathetic. And we Mm -hmm. actually looked that having that beautiful skill, which isn't taught, it's learnt over time, is that being empathetic actually drives performance. So in a workplace, the more empathetic your leaders are and your colleagues are, that actually drives everyone as a collective to increase their productivity and their performance at work because they feel heard and they feel seen. So I think just allowing someone to feel heard and seen is just such a beautiful step to helping their mental health and their stress and asking them at the end of the conversation, where do you want to go from here? What do you want? Because a lot of the time we put our own assumptions on someone else and we know how we would like to approach that situation. However, just taking a step back, being the observer and going, okay, I'm not going to put any of my assumptions, any of my opinions onto this. I'm just going to ask them exactly where they want to take this. And what do you need? How can I help you? Sometimes some people don't want to take the journey any further at this moment. Maybe they're not ready. And just having that conversation is their first step and it's huge and it's beautiful and amazing. And then check in with them a few days later and go, hey, I'm so glad that you opened up to me. I'm so glad that I could hold space for you and you allowed that to happen. Is there something else that I can help you with or support you on this journey? And just sort of check in with them and just give them the permission to take charge of their own journey. Yeah, I love that. What if, I know I've had this in the past, what if someone says, oh, I'm not too sure where to go from here? What could Mm. we offer them? Is there... You know, certain people we can reach out to. Obviously, we can reach out to our leaders and managers, but is there, you know, an external party that we could get involved? Yeah, I think if they don't know where to go, I mean, you can even ask them, who would you turn to in these moments? Do you have someone at home that you could speak to? Do you have someone that you can trust? And then also external 
resources. There are so many out there and we're so fortunate in Australia to have such free, amazing resources because you have Beyond Blue, for example, and they have an online counseling service and you can just book it online. You can book it anonymous. It doesn't get flagged on, you know, anything to do with your work. Your work won't even know about it because I know that's part of the stigma in Australia, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. and that can stop people from receiving the help that they need. So just know that Beyond Blue is completely, you know, free accessible and anonymous as well as you know lifeline if you're really needing that chat and you're feeling like it's an emergency situation like a crisis that you're going through and then there's so many other things out there with amazing resources and knowledge you've got the world health organization oh you've got headspace you've just got so many resources out there once you start looking them up you'll go onto a massive rabbit hole and just picking what resonates and feels right for you and start there and even if you don't feel like it's amazing, it's just starting the journey and it's just starting you getting, you know, some professional help, having that conversation with someone that knows how to ask the questions, knows how to hold the space, and then they'll direct you to further services if they think that's where you need to go. Um, seeing your GP as well is amazing and really be honest with them. Tell them, I need help. I want to speak to someone and they will give you 10 free sessions with a psychologist. So Mm. that's also really good. You know, speak to them about what's happening with you. Having that relationship with your GP is also really important. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I want to backtrack now a little bit. We've talked about seeing stress in others, but what if we are aware that we are stressed? We're feeling on the end of, you know, I've been stressed this whole time. I just need help. What can Mm. we do for ourselves if we are stressed when we're either at work or bringing work home? What can we do as teachers? such a big question and I think it's very dependent on the situation and the person and what's causing the stress you know Mm -hmm. awareness so coming back and bringing that awareness what is causing the stress can you do something about the root cause because even if we regulate our nervous system which is beautiful and amazing and we promote that let's go to the root cause so if it's you know do you need to set boundaries you know we do a lot of uh, work on mindset and we do a lot of work on control and influence. So what can you control and influence right now that will reduce that stress? So is it setting boundaries with taking work home? That's something we address a lot in WPWI. You know, can you talk to managers and staff and be like, I'm not taking it home and just really put your foot down with it and say, I'm setting a boundary here. I will stay back, you know, maybe an hour to get some work done. I understand work does need to be done. However, if there's more than that, I can't do it. You're going to have to give me an assistant. If that's the case, or is it conflict in the workplace? Is it how your colleagues talk to you or talk to other people that are causing stress and then really addressing that? And I know the Inspiring Teacher, you do amazing things on here on the podcast and in your community talking about difficult conversations. So mm. Maybe it's time to have one of those. Yeah. And I love how, mm-hmm. sorry, I, I love how you brought up that whole setting boundaries as well. I'm a big believer in that. And you even asked, you know, asking for help, not being afraid to go to your manager and say, hey, I need help with X, Y, Z. You know, can I have, you know, time off today to get this done? I really like that. Mm. So addressing the issue is probably the first step. Otherwise, it's just going to come back. And then I would put practices in every day that are nice and sustainable 
and achievable that will regulate your nervous system. So we can get away from being in this state of high levels of stress in this fight and flight and this stress stacking because, you know, we have our sympathetic and our parasympathetic, the two nervous systems. Our sympathetic is that fight and flight, that go, go, go. And the parasympathetic is our rest and our digest. So we need to balance out these times of stress with these times of rest. However, a lot of the time society, we don't allow that to happen. So bringing in moments of that, so bring in some deep breathing in your lunch break will be amazing. Even if you just do five rounds on using the belly, the ribs, the back, the chest, and doing a full body deep breathing, five rounds will be an amazing place to start. And then in the morning, you know, avoid reaching for your phone and just giving yourself that moment to check in with your own nervous system. We teach that a lot too closing the eyes and just scanning the body from the top to the bottom and see areas that you can connect into and areas that you can't. There most likely will be some areas of you that you haven't connected in with a long time. Maybe that's your heart space. Maybe it's your sacral area. Maybe it's your head, whatever it is. So you scan and you just notice. So let go of judgment, let go of expectation and just be the observer. And I'll keep saying that because a lot of the time we're so hard on ourselves and we're like, I need to do this perfectly. And it's go hard or go, you know, go home sort Mm -hmm. of way of doing things. And then if we don't do it the way we expect it to be done, then we won't do it again. It's like, oh, well, that that didn't work. Well, no, give it chance and stick with it and it will become easier and you'll feel amazing. So check in with your nervous system, do some rounds of deep breathing, even at the workplace. That's probably the perfect time. I was actually listening to a podcast yesterday. James Nesta was interviewed on a podcast, The Scary of a CEO. And I've read James Nesta's book. Absolutely amazing. Would recommend. And he talks about that using these deep breathing exercises, perfect when you're feeling stressed and you do it so subtly that no one knows you're doing it. So you do it with your eyes open. You don't use the whole, you know, chest and the neck. You just breathing deep and slow when you're feeling stressed at work. So if you know a child is doing something that's setting you off or you're on your lunch break or whatever it is, you're stuck in traffic, doing those deep breathing exercises will just regulate your nervous system and that will help you know build that stress resilience. Yeah, yeah. I want to touch on something that I heard in one of your talks as well um, with WPWI and that's the stress threshold. Could mm. you explain exactly what that is? Because I'm going to butcher it if I try and explain it and what we can do as teachers to increase our stress threshold stress threshold is different for everyone and it's basically you know an imaginary line where if we hit that threshold that's where we start to reach these really high levels of stress and we feel like we can't cope whereas anything below that threshold we feel it's manageable that we can cope with that level of stress. So in WPWI, we talk a lot about peak performance and you have the graph where it goes up and then down, you know, in a normal curve. Mm-hmm. In the middle of the curve is your peak performance. So you reach this level of stress where for you, it's perfect amount, where it's giving you this drive and this motivation to get things done. Stress isn't all bad. And I think a lot of the time we feel like stress is really bad. And, you know, even in this conversation, maybe it's sounding to your listeners that, stress is negative and we need to eliminate all stress. However, if we have no stress in our lives, we have no drive, no motivation, we're bored and we're stagnant. So we need some level of stress. We need to have KPIs to meet. We need to have deadlines to meet. We need to have goals set. However, when we reach that peak performance, beautiful. But when we go over that, that's when we're getting 
towards that level of too much stress. We're not coping. We're then burning out. So you're just figuring out what your stress threshold is and you will learn by tuning into your nervous system and by feeling into it. Every threshold, every reach of peak performance is different. Some people will thrive off such high levels of stress and it will take them a long time till they get burnt out. And I feel like there's so many factors that contribute to a threshold. It honestly is a lot to do with maybe your upbringing and what you're used to and what your parents taught you about stress and what they showed you was normal. Also, threshold is hugely to do with tapping into this parasympathetic, giving yourself times of slowing down. It's also about your nutrition. It's also about your mindset. It's also about, you know, do you move your body every day? Do you do exercise? Do you have conversations that are not about work? Do you actually Mm -hmm. have brain breaks from work? Or do you notice that your whole life is about work and that all you do is speak about being a teacher, what's happened at school, your kids, your fellow colleagues. So having those brain breaks from work and actually realizing there's actually a life outside of work and talk about those things. And maybe you realize, wow, I haven't done that in so long. Okay, so what does Jason like to do outside of work? Who is Jason outside of work? And then doing those things that light you up. And in WPWI, we really talk about fun and enjoyment you're getting out in nature, doing some walks. Maybe you'd like to draw and it doesn't have to be perfect. I think as an adult, we set expectations once again and we'll only draw if the drawing looks amazing. But as a kid, as you, you would know from your teaching career, they don't care what it looks like, especially in the younger years. They're just having fun. Mm. So I think we as adults need to come back into that childlike play sometimes and that will reduce our stress and increase our threshold too. Yeah. You know? dancing in the living room to your favorite song and not caring how you look, Mm. doing some drawing, you know, playing with your younger nieces, nephews, children, grandchildren will bring out that, that inner play and that fun and enjoyment and that will also increase your threshold. So there is a lot to it. We teach a lot of these different factors in WPWI in our programs, yeah. Yeah, I love it. And you sort of touched on, what Charlotte McKinnon a couple of podcasts ago came on and talked about self-love and finding things that you really enjoy doing and going to them regularly. And I really love that. Mm, such yeah. a huge part. Mm. Mm. Well, if people want to find out more about WPWI, more about you, where could they go? Okay. So we have our website, WPWI.org. We also have Instagram. It's at Workplace PWI. And then we also have Facebook, which is just our name and same with LinkedIn. So there's lots of places that you can find us. We're all about stress management and mental health. We promote it, we create awareness and we educate and we're all about impact and creating change. All about going into the workplace and creating change within the organization, the business, but we're people first. That is one of our core values that people are the building blocks of the business that empowered people create empowered business, whatever it is. Because at the end of the day, like a school is a business. You know, every organization is a business at the end of the day. So we understand that the people are the building blocks. And if they're not moving and working functionally, then the business is going to collapse. The organization, the system, whatever you work in is going to collapse. So we really want to touch on every single person in that workplace. And then through that, that will help the business, but also help society. Because when we build, as teachers, you know this, when you create connected and soul-driven people with functioning and regulated nervous systems, imagine the ripple effect of that. Imagine in generations time when everyone is connected and regulated and 
setting boundaries and they feel alive and they feel driven and purpose. We are just creating this beautiful community and society of healthy individuals where we're so productive and so focused and so energized, so connected to nature as well. The, the ripple effect is just amazing. So that's why I'm really passionate about what we do here. And I know the team is also really passionate. So I would love to connect in with any of your listeners if they have any questions about stress or mental health. If they want some assistance, some guidance, we can definitely get in on a free call and we just see what's going on for them. Amazing. Yeah. I'll pop all your details in the show notes below as well. So if you miss them, look in the show notes of this podcast. One more question that I like to ask everyone, Lauren, is if you were to give 30 seconds of advice to our listeners out there, what would that be? Oh, 30 seconds of advice. Okay. Clock's ticking. (laughs) I know. Okay. 30 seconds of advice. So thinking of teachers, most of your listeners, I would say that putting themselves first And that can be challenging and hard, but know that when you put yourself first, then you're teaching other people to put themselves first. And that's not selfish. That when you fill yourself up again with beautiful love and joy and health and well-being, then that's going to have the ripple effect on your students, on your family, on your loved ones. Because when you're filled with love and compassion, that's all you're going to send out. And everyone is going to feel that difference in you. And you are just going to change the world through your energy and your energetics and your sense of being thank you so much for tuning in if you got value from this episode it would mean the world to me if you could take 20 seconds out of your time and leave me a five-star rating and a written review remember you have the power to make a lasting impact in the lives of your students so until next time keep inspiring keep teaching and keep reaching for greatness